Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up, WTOL 11 meteorologist Diane Phillips gives us an update on the Christmas winter storm as the worst of the weather arrives in Northwest Ohio. Also this morning, place your bets. We have everything gamblers need to know ahead of the launch of legal sports wagering in Ohio on January 1st. A conversation with the undisputed King of Christmas. New York Times bestselling author Richard Paul Evans joins us to talk about his poignant new holiday novel, A Christmas Memory. And we have some tasty and easy to make recipes for your New Year's celebration from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, December 23rd, 2022. It is Festivus today. <laughs> uh, Festivus for the rest of us. Uh, the airing of grievances to commence shortly. So. Uh, also, it is National Fuffernoose Day today. So if you need a reason to celebrate, there you go. So I saw this uh, on the uh, Newswire, and this is, this is big news. The last meteor shower of 2022 will light up the sky before dawn today. <laughs> Last meteor shower of the year. I don't think we're going to be able to see much of that. Uh, it says the Ursids meteor shower includes as many as 5 to 10 meteors per hour in the dark sky during the peak. The American Meteor Society says light from the waning crescent moon should not interfere with viewing. <laughs> but we're not seeing the light from the moon either. Uh, they said it's best to watch for several hours to see the peaks and valleys of meteor activity. So good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> most of the country, I think, is going to miss out on that show uh, because we are not alone in our uh, winter misery. And you got to be careful uh, on a day like today with it as cold as it is. You can get uh, frozen pipes and uh, all of that in the spirit of the holiday season. Uh, I love this. A gentleman by the name of Martin Sang. He is a self-employed plumber who owns the company A Plum Job in Wallasey, England. He was inspired to do something nice for his fellow human beings uh, in the spirit of Christmas. He uh, it says after patching up a family's home ahead of the holidays, he took to Facebook offering to fix people's frozen and burst pipes free of charge. So with the extreme weather, they're actually getting some extreme weather in, in Great Britain earlier this week. Temperatures plummeted to four degrees Fahrenheit in uh, the UK, uh, which is very rare uh, for uh, that country. But uh, he put it out there on social media that he would fix your uh, frozen and burst pipes for free. The post went viral and his phone was ringing off the hook, but he kept his word to help anyone and everyone in his county who needed help. Uh, the 45-year-old self-employed plumber uh, left his home at 8 a.m. and didn't return home until 11 p.m. after assisting countless families. He said he was shocked at how dire some of the situations he encountered were. Um, the people had let their... Uh, plumbing go be t to the point of 
really desperate conditions because they couldn't afford a plumber. And then his offer, uh, they came in, he fixed them all up, got them all going again. He said he assisted over 50 people with burst pipes and heating issues, all of which uh, have been done for free, including parts and labor, and much of it would not have been done otherwise. So kudos. Now that is a guy uh, that is definitely in the Christmas. You get an A+. Plus uh, for the spirit of the holiday season, and you get a little something extra in your stocking from Santa this year. Um, here is an early Christmas gift from the federal government. I know you don't hear that very often, but check this out. The Federal Communications Commission, uh, is going to shut down, if they get their way, they're going to shut down those annoying robocalls about your car's extended warranty. How many of those calls do you get on a weekly basis? We've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. Well, if the FCC gets its way, we might never hear that annoying robocall sentence ever again. There's a story in the New York Post said the Federal Communications Commission has tracked down two California men who helped circulate those annoying robocalls, and they are hitting them with a whopping $300 million fine. $300 million. And that's just two California men uh, who were responsible for propagating these calls. Imagine if they could shut them all down, we could probably erase the federal deficit. <laughs> we, could, we could eliminate the national debt. Um... The FCC accused Michael Aaron Jones and Roy Cox Jr. of launching a car warranty robocall campaign and using their company as well as other entities to spread it. The uh, men are said to have managed to make over 5 billion, billion robocalls, illegal robocalls, during a span of three months in 2021. Five billion robocalls in three months. The pair are accused of using pre-recorded voice calls to press consumers to speak to a warranty specialist about extending their car's warranty, said uh, FCC Enforcement Bureau Chief Loyen Eagle. Uh, we will be relentless in pursuing the groups behind these schemes by limiting their access to U.S. communications networks and holding them to account for their conduct. And by the way, this is not the first time this particular pair of individuals have been responsible for annoying robocalls. They were previously banned by the Federal Trade Commission from making such calls, but never deterred. They kept at it. Uh, Mr. Jones, among others, cited by a California judge in 2017 for running an operation that blasted consumers with billions of illegal telemarketing robocalls. And uh, he was, at that time, banned from making the calls ever again and slapped with a $2.7 million fine. Uh, since he apparently did not learn his lesson, it's now up to $300 million. You know, make it $3 billion. I Find them any amount you want. I mean, <laughs> I know it's one of those things that, you know, a lot of times we... You know, talk down about the federal government, and their over regulations and their punitive fines and so on. But I don't think anyone will have a problem with that one. You know what I mean? Anyway, 
Uh, so New Year's Eve coming up. Uh, do you have your plans for it? What are you doing, New Year's Eve? Well, a new study is listing the top spots to celebrate New Year's Eve. And not a big surprise, New York City, the best place to ring in 2023. In New York, New York. These are uh, rankings from WalletHub. They base the research on things like entertainment, cost, and safety. And uh, also other aspects like the popularity of the holiday and the legality of fireworks. So New Year's... uh, New York for New Year's Eve is number one. Orlando, Florida and Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, The rest of the top three. The worst place to celebrate, North Las Vegas, Nevada. So, obviously well off the strip and off the uh, tourist uh, area. North Las Vegas, the worst place to uh, celebrate. And I thought that was kind of interesting because uh, I think just a couple of days ago we were talking about the fact that uh, New York City was uh, ranked at the bottom of the list for cities major cities with the most Christmas spirit. They're at the bottom of the list. They have no Christmas spirit, but they're ready for New Year's. That's... I think think, uh, after this storm, we're all ready to ring in the New Year. Did you see the uh, forecast? So for the extended forecast into next weekend, and a lot can change, obviously, between now and then. Originally, we were thinking maybe... Thursday and Friday of this week, we just have a few snow flurries, nothing to worry about. And, you know, here we are in the midst of the storm. But um, they're saying by New Year's, we could be back into the mid-50s. So don't think that this is going to last forever that we're getting today. Back into the mid-50s by New Year's Eve. I think we're ready for that. Not that we want to skip Christmas or anything like that, but uh, we're ready for the uh, more mild temperatures to return. And uh, here's something to think about. Uh, If you're going to have the week off between Christmas and and New Year's, as many people will, we're going to take the week off. Uh, We will not have uh, shows uh, next week because we're taking a little R&R between Christmas and New Year's. And if uh, you are doing the same, you're likely to have some moments of boredom. But be careful with this uh, because... While most people will take to scrolling through social media to alleviate boredom, researchers at the University of Bath School of Management and Trinity College in Dublin, Ireland, say that that is not a good thing. That mindless scrolling through it, never mind the idea of doom scrolling and, and all of that. We've talked about that before. They say at issue here, what they're talking about are the two types of boredom that uh, people can suffer from. The first is superficial boredom, and that's your garden variety boredom while you're waiting for a, you know, waiting for your flight at the airport or you need to kill time in line at the post office, something like that. That's run-of-the-mill boredom. The profound boredom, that's the other type, profound boredom, which sounds very ominous, Uh, Very ominous, but they say this is when um, you're just really bored sitting at home. That's the profound type of boredom, and that's what they're concerned. Here's the deal. They say profound boredom can actually be a good thing because it can lead to people picking up a new hobby or perfecting a skill or having that eureka moment for a long-held problem. Having nothing to do and nobody to see 
led people to try new things during the pandemic, uh, which is why you saw so many people taking up new hobbies and so on is profound boredom. And so profound boredom can lead to good things. But the problem is that social media can alleviate superficial boredom and that distraction sucks up time and energy, which uh, may prevent people progressing to a state of profound boredom where they might discover new passions. So if the idea is to avoid profound boredom, yes, but that is not necessarily a good thing. So I just bring this up because next week, I, I'm sure if you're not doing anything like many of us uh, will be next week, taking some time off, and there will probably be some times when you are profoundly bored, resist the temptation to just spend hours scrolling through social media or watching cat videos and actually get up out of your seat and try something new. Never know. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Snow showers are possible today along with widespread blowing snow. Wind chill values as low as 30 below. Blowing snow tonight, wind chills around 30 below. People are being urged to stay inside and off the roads as this winter storm blows through. The storm's packing wind gusts of around 55 miles an hour, and that's creating 30 below wind chills at times, which can cause frostbite in a matter of minutes on exposed skin. Widespread blowing snow could cause whiteout conditions at times, making traveling very difficult. Remember, you can always get the latest road alerts and local closings and cancellations on our website. The Humane Society and SPCA of Hancock County is reminding people to look out for their pets during this winter storm and the dangerously low wind chills it's producing. This is the Humane Society's Natalie Reffitt. The easiest advice I have for all pet parents is to simply keep your pets inside, meaning only let them outside to use the bathroom with supervision and bring them right back inside. And she's advising people with outside pets to bring them in as well, even if it's only into a garage or a spare room. If you can't bring in outdoor pets, make sure they have shelter and insulation, such as straw, for bedding. And they must always have access to fresh, clean water that's not frozen. Get more on the website. Ohio health officials say the flu, COVID, and RSV all hit early and hit hard this year. And those three viruses are filling up the state's hospitals. None of these viruses on their own pose an unusually high threat right now, but together they are pushing our hospitals to the limit. There's the potential for us even to have more challenges in having enough health care workers to really be at the hospital taking care of patients. Well, the advice is simple. Just wash your hands, cover your cough, and stay home if you feel sick. I'm Yolanda Harris. Blanchard Valley Health System is letting people know about its inclement weather plan. BVHS says if Hancock County or a county that they serve reaches a level three snow emergency, BVHS will be closing or limiting hours for specific locations. The services that would be canceled under a level three snow emergency include outpatient services and all elective surgeries. You can see the full list on the website. I'm Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. So here are the pertinent details, the specifics uh, on what we're dealing with here this morning. We have a winter storm warning in effect until 7 a.m. Saturday, a wind chill warning until 10 a.m. Saturday, and uh, Hancock County is under a level one road alert this morning. 
It is all hands on deck in the WTOL 11 weather office. Meteorologist uh, Diane Phillips uh, joins us this morning uh, with an update on this uh, Christmas winter storm as the worst of the weather arrives here in northwest Ohio this morning. And Diane, I'm thinking it's, it's actually a little deceiving because you look out your window, you're having your morning coffee uh, and, and standing there looking out your kitchen window. Uh, it doesn't look like a whole lot of snow, and we knew going in that this wasn't going to be a huge snow event. So it doesn't appear that bad. You can't really, you can hear the wind, but you can't really feel the cold. And you might not be able to see the whiteout conditions from, you know, standing, looking out your window. So it, it might be, you might be lulled into thinking that this is maybe not as bad as it was made out to be. Well, yeah, that's going to be, you know, kind of the number one thing when people are coming away, they're ripping open those curtains, wanting to see all the snow, and then it's not really there. So we, of course, had those snow totals to around two to four inches of snowfall, and we're really kind of right now into kind of that heaviest of um, our worst conditions that we're seeing across Northwest Ohio right now. Um, Really, this storm, though, it's really a windstorm. Right. the, the snow was kind of a side dish, we can say, with this. So we do have that blowing snow. We've been looking at um, a lot of cameras, of course, across northwest Ohio. We do have uh, other uh, communities that are under different levels as far as those snow emergencies. Mm-hmm. Roadways, though, even with that blowing snow, that's now going to be the new problem. Because the good news is, is that we are going to start to see that snowfall trending downward here. We're kind of seeing that, that peak. And then here in the next couple of hours, you're going to notice there in Hancock County that that snow, it's dwindling downward. So that's good news for us. But the snow that we do have, that's still going to be blowing around. Visibilities are going to be tricky. We have seen some of our sensors there around the airport, um, you know, mentioning the blowing snow mm-hmm. and the visibilities not as well as what we would like them to be. So we still really have to get through. Well, thankfully, the blowing or the the fresh snow that's going right. to be done. Yeah. But the blowing snow that's going to really be the problem because those winds they're going to pick up. That's only the beginning for those. So and we still have that part of the storm. Yeah, and and that's what I was going to ask. Kind of time this uh, out. Where are we right now, and what is still to come, and when uh, to the uh, best of the models? What does it look like here that we are in for over the next twenty four hours? So the good news is, is that this storm, it's it's on the accelerator. It is going. We're finding that to be right on track with what we were forecasting. So we're happy to see all of that coming through and verifying for us. So really here in the next couple of hours, you're going to notice here, even uh, during the mid to late morning, that that fresh snow falling, that is going to come to an end. Mm-hmm. The thing is, though, is the winds, because the storm itself, though that's actually east, the center of the storm, it's going to strengthen which will increase our winds. So though the snow part is done, this storm is still packing a punch as far as the wind. So we will really see our peak winds this afternoon to still be around 50 to 55 miles per hour. So really the the center of the the storm uh, is not yet here yet. Again, we talk about the snow and all of that has arrived and actually will be tapering off, but it is far from over even after the snow tapers off. Well, the thing is, the storm that has the center of the storm has passed. We still have the backside of this to get through, meaning the winds that we have to still work through. The good news is, though, is that, like I said, that storm is cruising. 
So our conditions should start to improve as we work through Saturday. As far as travel in the morning, still going to have the black ice concern and slippery roadways. The winds, however, they're still going to be blustery. Don't get me wrong, but at least they will start to be at least a bit tolerable, we could say, knowing that we still have a windy forecast in play. We will find, though, that that blowing snow, that's still going to be a part of it, but at least we are finding that our data is showing us that we are going to find improving conditions once we get through the afternoon, or once we get to the afternoon okay. on Saturday. So really, today is the day to just kind of hunker down, yeah. stay off those roads, ways kind of enjoy all the movies that you want and of course, <laughs> exactly wind chills you can't even go out and you know play outside for very long you're going to be out there for you know a flash and then you're going to head right well, back inside i, I uh, kind of joked about this my uh you know i get up in the in the morning my dog wants to go out and she took one look outside and said nope Nope, I don't think so. Uh, so, so yeah, even yes. the dogs don't want to go out. Uh, no, and you and you were touching on this here uh, again uh, with respect to the travel, and we were talking about yesterday uh, the fact that this started with rain, which made it impossible for the road crews to get out there and pre-treat the roads because it would be pointless; it'd all just wash off. And then mm-hmm. all of that rain uh, froze over, turned over to some black ice, so we've got that underneath the snow. The temperatures that we're dealing with here uh, at zero and a wind chill, uh, you know, maybe as low as as 30 below, it's going to make it hard for the road treatment to actually work because it may be too cold. And then with the blowing and drifting, the plows, uh, you know, they can go through and clear the roads, but then they could drift over again. So a lot of things coming together uh, to make travel or rather treacherous. Yes, that's the exact situation that we're working with. Our plow crews, they're out there, they're working hard, and we're so thankful for them. Um, of course, it's just going to be a continual to open that path, and then it'll just blow right over. Of course, those north and southbound roadways, those are going to be the most uh, tricky as far as mm. that blowing snow and yeah. kind of those piles sitting out there. And of course, rural areas as well. Of course, uh, in town, you'll have a little more of the buildings kind of block, uh, a little bit of that wind action, that snow blowing around. But of course, our rural areas we have seen some visibilities uh be reduced there so keep that in mind of course if you are still going to try to navigate the roadways and uh yeah really the blowing snow and reduced visibilities that's another uh key component here is as Mm -hmm. that snow gets whipped up it can be hard to see uh, especially here this morning that sun not quite up just yet so that's going to be making of course any morning commutes that folks have to do today very difficult um of course though once that sun gets up hopefully that can give us at least a little advantage for those who do have to travel today but uh, again best idea is maybe pop some popcorn pop a movie in turn on the uh, fireplace and just hunker down for the day Yes. Yeah. Just enjoy an easy day. We're busy here. We're working on the weather. Of course, you can get those, you know, updates on the weather app, the WTO 11 weather app. So you can stay connected with the weather that way, but then you don't have to go outside. We'll do all the hard work for you. You can just, like you said, pop that popcorn, pop in the movie. It's just going to be a really good day to just kind of stay inside. One of those days. Again, uh, WTOL 11 meteorologist Diane Phillips with us this morning. Update on where we are uh, as we go through this winter storm. Diane, thanks very much for the update. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Everyone stay stay safe out there. Absolutely. Uh, And, you know, the other thing, uh, fortunately, uh, don't have a whole lot of reports of uh, power outages at this point. Um, But if we 
get to that, and again, this is something we were mentioning uh, yesterday as well, keep in mind that the high wind is going to make it uh, difficult, if not impossible, for the uh, crews to get uh, up in their bucket trucks and repair any downed lines. And so uh, that's going to exacerbate the problem as well and make it uh, difficult to restore power should we get to that point. Hopefully, uh, cross our fingers, we don't have a big issue with power. So we've got this uh, convergence of all of these factors that are just making it a not nice day today. Uh, if you were planning on getting away for your Christmas travels or what have you, uh, probably best to push those plans back about 24 hours or so. So on January 1st, Ohio will join some 30 other states that have legalized sports wagering since a 2018 Supreme Court ruling opened up that option. Ahead of that launch, we are joined by Matt Shook. He is Senior Content Manager for Katena Media and their site, PlayOhio.com. So, Matt, January 1, not in time for the college football semifinals, but should my Buckeyes and your Wolverines end up in a rematch for all the marbles, I'm guessing there might be a few wagers placed on that game. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh, and thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, yeah, the, the Michigan folks will be putting big money on the Wolverines, and the Ohio folks will be putting big money on the Buckeyes. That <laughs> no seems question. to be how it goes. The home teams get the big, big bets. Now, the fact that sports betting is coming has been hard to miss. It seems all of the online platforms have been promoting this very heavily, offering up bonuses and free bets and such to get people to sign up. But there are a number of ways that sports wagering will happen in Ohio. What do people need to know about these various online platforms, the sports books, and the other venues that will be available for sports gaming. Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting rollout because, like you said, it's not just the online apps they're they're launching, and there's 28 that that have license to be able to launch on January 1st. Not to say that all of them will launch at the stroke of midnight. There, we'll see how that rollout goes. But of course, you got the casinos and the racinos and other retail sports books new facilities that you'll be able to bet sports on physically at those locations, and then kiosks at places like sports bars, at bowling alleys, things like that, which is kind of the newest wrinkle that Ohio's kind of bringing to the scene. So, yeah, I mean, I guess for fans, what they need to know is, you know, this is regulated, it's safe, it's legal, unlike sports betting was kind of done in the shadows in Ohio in the mm, past. Right. Um, and that, yeah, there's a lot of bonuses out there, a lot of chances to increase your bankroll right now for Ohio betters. Now, the concern in all of this, of course, is that it will lead to an increase in problem game uh, gambling. To what extent has that fear borne itself out in other states that have legalized sports wagering? Is this something to be worried about? Yeah, it certainly is something to be worried about, and it's something that is being worked on to some extent in every state. I would say that the good news for people in Ohio is that the, the problem gambling uh, apparatus, or the responsible gambling apparatus in Ohio, is very good. It's very organized. It's very strong. Uh, they've done a good job of putting some programs together. Um, but I think that as far as things we've seen in other states, um, you, know, you know, just because you launch sports betting on January 1st doesn't mean on February 1st you're going to know whether the state has a gambling problem. This is going to be something that manifests itself in a, in a macro sense years and years kind of down the line. Mm -hmm. And of course, it, we, we know that more access to gambling means there will be more problem gambling, but it's not like we're going to have a lot of data 
by the spring to tell us whether how things are going. Yeah, yeah. there will be small instances where things happen, but I think there'll be kind of years down the line and we're going to be watching it closely within the industry and also at, you know, sites like play Ohio about how it is going and what Ohio is doing to combat those issues. Now, uh, a couple of, uh, of other notes about this, obviously gambling winnings uh, are now taxable. That's one of the reasons why it's being legalized so that the state can get a cut. Yeah, absolutely. And not only just for the operators, like the, the revenue that they make when you lose your bets, Obviously, a, a fan duel and a DraftKings is going to have to report that revenue and then pay taxes on that revenue for the state of Ohio. But people need to know that this won't be a factor until they file their taxes in, in 2024 for sports betting because, you know, it's launching on January 1st, 2023. Right. Uh, but yeah, if you make over a certain amount, uh, you're going to have to pay taxes on those winnings. Now, um, good news, bad news is that, you know, it's, it's sports betting is a form of entertainment. It's not a it's not shouldn't be looked at as a chance to to become your primary source of income or anything like that because that's where the problems come in uh, you know there are sharp butters out there of course who do pretty well in sports betting but that's a small percentage of the people that uh, that are going to be doing it there in the state of Ohio so um, yeah the, the taxes thing benefits the state of Ohio certainly and is the main reason why it's being pushed and and legalized there but uh, there's a lot of factors to consider and, and, and you know, keep your spreadsheets and, and keep track of, of how things are going for you right. uh, because you may have a little bit of a tax bill due next year. And, and this is just about sports wagering. You were quick to point out that online casinos and online poker and all those other forms of gambling remain illegal. This is just sports wagering. Correct. Yeah. In, in the state of Michigan, if you were to drive up to Toledo and then cross the border here um, in Michigan, you could play online casinos on your phone and it's legal. Online poker, the same thing. We can actually play online poker against folks from New Jersey uh, across state lines right now here in Michigan. But Ohio, still illegal to play online casinos. Those are still unregulated offshore sites that, that don't have the consumer protections that these online sports betting sites now Will that come in the years down the road? That's something to keep an eye on in Columbus. But as of now, just the sports betting rollout and uh, not online casinos and not online. One thing about sports betting, there are a lot of ways that you can wager on games. For those who are new to all of this, where where do we start? I mean, are there certain types of, of wagers that are easier for novices to start with and understand and master? Yeah, it's a great question, Chris. I think that a lot of folks, if you follow sports now, you might know a little bit about point spreads and, and how to bet on a game in particular and maybe get some points on your side if you're betting the favorite or the underdog there. There's also money lines, which is an adjusted amount of money that you could make when you're betting on a side to win the game. But I think the trend that's most interesting to folks and certainly for operators are things called same game parlays where you can bet um, on uh, like Ohio State to win the game and then maybe for C.J. Stroud to throw over a certain amount of passing yards and for the over-under total to be over a certain amount. People are used to fantasy football. People are used to fantasy sports. So the operators are trying to tap into that knowledge that people already have and to get those prop bets tied in to kind of a parlay model where you can bet a little bit hmm. to win a lot. So you'll notice when you look at the apps on January 1st that a lot of the operators have these available. They're easy to figure out, and they're something that obviously they want people to bet on as well. 
So for those who are interested in signing up for these sports wagering platforms or dipping their toes into the world of sports gambling in general, you have a lot of information on your platform that can help folks do that, right? Yeah, playohio.com, and particularly the sports betting page, if you click on Ohio Sports Betting, that's kind of our role as, as consumers to know uh, what's out there, what's legal, what's not, who, which app specializes in what, what bonuses are out there for players. So that's the information that we provide at Play Ohio. So you can get the fan duels, get the DraftKings, the, get the BetMGMs, the platforms where you actually make the bet. And uh, we're kind of that um, looking out for consumers and, and showing them kind of what's out there and what's available. So playohio.com has got all that info. We have it linked up on our webpage as well. So worth checking out again, it all begins on January 1st, Matt Shook, senior content manager for Katana media and their site playohio.com. Matt, thanks very much for the info. We appreciate it. Thanks Chris. Happy new year. Well, in the literary world, he is the undisputed king of Christmas, and now New York Times bestselling author Richard Paul Evans is out with a poignant new novel about the true meaning of the holiday season. It's called A Christmas Memory, and Richard, I'm told that this is a very personal story for you, that it draws on many of your own childhood memories and not always happy ones. You know, I've written 45 uh, New York Times bestsellers, and this is the most uh, autobiographical of all my books. And it may be my favorite of all my books. And um, someone just asked me, it's like, why, why did you wait until now to write this book? And I thought, I don't think I had the perspective. I think mm. I needed to be older to look back and to see. It, it takes place when I was nine years old. And it was a time in 1967, it was a time when the world was very similar to what it is today. There were race riots going on. There were just this, this incredible cultural um, division. Mm-hmm. And what, and what we're, you know, the book is about, is about compassion in the midst of this. And I, I, I had my own, my own challenges at, at that age. My parents had just, my dad had lost his job. We moved out of Pasadena, California to an, into an inner city Utah school where a neighborhood where I was bullied and beaten up. And uh, my mother was suffering from severe depression mm. and there's an old man in the neighborhood who stepped in to watch over me. And so the story is about the, the relationship between this old man and this young boy. And it's a story about compassion and hope. Well, it's really interesting hearing you talk about some of the backstory. There's almost ironic how you would eventually become so well-known for your beloved Christmas stories. Were you as, as surprised as anyone at the kind of the way your career took off in that particular direction? Yeah, it was, it was not what I, I was planning on. Um, <laughs> At the time, I was writing. I was writing radio commercials. I love radio, and um, I was also a, a political advertising consultant. And I had just finished an election, and I had time on my hands. And I thought, I'm going to write a book. And it was around Christmas time, so you know, first Tuesday of November. Yeah. So that's what I wrote. I wrote this Christmas story. No idea it would. I mean, I printed up 20 copies, handed them out at Christmas. The book went viral. Within weeks, it had been read more than 160 times. Bookstores start calling for orders. The next year, it hit the New York Times bestseller list as a self-published book. Number two on the New York Times. Mm. It's like, no one. I, I certainly didn't expect yeah. it. It was just huge. And then the next year, it hit number one and sold 8 million copies. And that 
shook my life up. <laughs> yeah, the rest, as they say, is history. Exactly. And then this year, um, a new milestone. Uh, if you've seen my movie on Netflix, The Noel Diary, it was the number one movie in the world the week after Thanksgiving, starring Justin Hartley. And mm-hmm. people are going, oh, that's your book. You're yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that's a whole new realm because everywhere I go in the country, I, I, I literally got mobbed in a restaurant back in Ohio, <laughs> in, in Dayton. I, and I'm just like people lining up to get pictures. It's like, oh my gosh, you see the power of Netflix. Yeah. Well, and, and it's not like that's all you do. I mean, other things, uh, among the other things, you have a very popular young adult book series. You have another uh, number of other standalone titles. But it seems you always come back to the topic of Christmas. You know, I they say dance is who brought you to the dance. I love Christmas. I love the season. And, and since the New York Times, as you said, called me the king of Christmas fiction, it, it, it bodes well to stick with that. But my stories, as Justin Hartley said on the Today Show, he goes, like, this story could, could – you could take Christmas out of it and it would still be a really powerful story. And um, so I'm not – I don't want to write, you know, just kind of trite Christmas stories. They're really mm-hmm. about life. Yeah. Well, and again, you talk about the story in this book and how it weaves in many of the elements that you were talking about earlier. Um, it, it, that must be a bit of a challenge, especially to weave those elements into a story that doesn't just leave the reader depressed at the end. <laughs> well, I'm a very, I'm actually a very hopeful person, and but this one, this one was weird in the sense that when I wrote it, I was very, very sick. I had I, last year this time I had pneumonia, and very severe pneumonia, and then I caught COVID on top of it, and I honestly didn't know if I was going to make it. Mm. And wow. um, during this time, this story started coming to me, and it, my writing was the last thing on my mind. It's like survival and yeah. that COVID fog and. But I got a notepad and I start writing it and then thinking it will never, I'll probably never, I just have to write it, it will never get published because it's just going to be awful. Months later when I was recovering, I started to read it and tears came to my eyes. Mm. I thought, this is the best thing I've ever written. Wow. So um, yeah, if you haven't read my books, this is a great one to start with, the Christmas memory. Um, I think it's just really powerful and I think the message is fantastic. By the way, I also want to mention uh, this real quickly. Uh, Of course, everyone knows The Christmas Box, which is the debut novel. Uh, Not only a holiday classic, but also that inspired and led to a uh, charity called The Christmas Box International, uh, which is, uh, their work is ongoing. Tell us a little bit about that organization. Oh, I love The Christmas Box International. Um, The Christmas Box House is a shelter for abused and neglected children, but we do so much more. Uh, Right now, um, at Christmas time, we provide Christmas for almost 2,500 abused children, Mm. but we house and defend children, and we've helped more than 135,000 abused children, enough to fill Madison Square Garden six and a half times. And um, as I get older, that's the thing I I feel most proud of. I just, I love the charity. I love the work it does. And when you deal with that many kids, I run into children who have lived in the Christmas box house all the time now. Hmm. Wow. Uh, It is just uh, powerful, powerful stuff. Again, the new book is called A Christmas Memory. Richard Paul Evans, New York Times bestselling author with us this morning. You've got a website where folks can learn more about uh, this book, about your other works, uh, the Christmas Box uh, International, all of that. Where do we find you online? 
Oh, and you'll love this because there's also recipes from the book uh-huh. on my website, Mr. Foster, Mr. Foster's Thumbprint Cookies and my grandmother's um, Parker House Roll Recipe. Go to <laughs> richardpaulevans.com. Thousands of people already have, and uh, you can download those. But you can learn all about the charity and the work we do, and uh, even order the book, which is now you know it's available at Amazon. It's available everywhere. Richard Paul Evans, thanks very much for taking the time, and certainly happy holidays to you. You too. Thank you so much. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. The, the highest court in the state of Massachusetts has overturned a $5 million award to a couple over golf balls from a nearby golf course flying into their yard. (laughs) A $5 million award has been overturned. The couple in Kingston, Massachusetts, sued for emotional harm over the hundreds of golf balls from the nearby Indian Pond Country Club soaring onto their property. The Supreme Judicial Court of the state of Massachusetts ruled that the trial judge made a legal error in the jury instructions. So the uh, court didn't say that the couple didn't deserve the money or that the ruling was incorrect, just that there was a legal error uh, in the way the jury uh, was instructed by the judge. The case will now return to court where a new jury will have to decide how many golf balls must strike one's home before it becomes an intrusion. I don't know, here's a thought, and call me crazy, but if you don't want golf balls in your yard, don't buy a house on a golf course. I I know, that's just crazy talk there. (laughs) But... All right. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, DEA officials are uh, celebrating a big bust in Las Vegas. This week, it says here, agents seized seized over 2,000 fentanyl pills. Um, So far this year, the agency has confiscated nearly 400 million doses of fentanyl, getting this garbage off the street. And that's a good thing. What I thought was humorous about this story, made it worthy of the broken news, is how they found all of these uh, drugs. Apparently, 2,000 fentanyl pills were hidden inside of a hollowed-out English dictionary, (laughs) which had to raise some red flags. It had to raise suspicions for drug agents because, after all, who would read a dictionary in Las Vegas? (laughs) I mean, come on. Let's be honest. Uh, let's see. Speaking of drugs, this is kind of interesting. At LSU, you know, Louisiana State University, LSU, uh, go Tigers. LSU, students will soon be able to major in marijuana. It's true. The school is launching a cannabis education certificate program. There are courses for healthcare workers, a business class, and one devoted to growing the best weed. It says here the classes will all be online, and students must be over the age of 21. 
to take them. But I'm wondering if uh, getting high in class will be frowned upon. I don't... Anyway. Uh, let's see here. Politics is always good for a few chuckles. And uh, this one in Florida, Fort, Fort Lauderdale, a uh, woman uh, had a very unusual request of the city commission of Fort Lauderdale. Apparently, this, uh, this lady, calling herself Miss Cave, dressed head to toe in latex and appeared before the city commission on Tuesday to ask the city to pay for a dungeon that can be used by dominatrices. Dominatrixes? Dom you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. It was the city to pay for a dungeon. She wants the city to pay $250,000 for a dungeon she says will be created for us, by us, the taxpayers and voting citizens. <laughs> Is a public service? <laughs> uh, Miss Cave also invited commissioners to receive a spanking. So... A <laughs> uh, little excitement there. <laughs> the city council meeting. Fort Lauderdale this week. <clears throat> He's like, that never happened in Findlay. You know, that's... <laughs> well, that's probably a good thing. What happens when a man drinks one too many and thinks the local foliage has a problem with him? <laughs> you get this guy. Ontario Provincial Police, Ontario, Canada, report that a 39-year-old man got a little tipsy, and tried to fight a tree. You heard that right. He tried to fight a tree. The police report goes on to say, quote, suspect was held overnight to sober up after receiving a ticket for public intoxication. <laughs> the Provincial Police of Ontario reminds residents it's best to drink responsibly especially around Mother Nature. <laughs> Alrighty. <clears throat> Let me just move on. Tried to fight a tree. Doesn't say what's, what size the tree was. I mean, this is just a little sapling. It didn't stand a chance. But if it's a big old oak, you know. I'm thinking the tree got the better of him. And fi finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, uh, the story of a four-year-old girl in Australia who recently clawed her way into a toy vending machine <laughs> and proceeded to get stuck in a sea of stuffed animals. You know, there's claw machines, right? So uh, this girl's mom actually recorded the frustrated tyke during the failed toy jacking. Before pulling her back out of the machine to safety, she had to get a video. Mom did. <laughs> being, a, being a good mom, she's got to get this on video. Apparently, the, uh, the girl was a little frustrated that she couldn't win anything with the claw machine, so she tried to take matters into her own hands and climb into the machine herself. She got in, couldn't get out. Uh, when the uh, girl was asked if she had learned her lesson, if she's going to try and steal anymore... She replied, no. <laughs> Although, I mean, as, you know, theft is not, is never 
permissible. But if it was ever going to be permissible, it would have to be in one of those claw machines because you know they're impossible to beat. You know they're... The claw. There you go. Uh, that is today's broken news report. Uh, this... Yeah, she climbed in the claw machine because she knew Santa wasn't going to bring it. Santa can't beat the claw machine either. Uh, that is today's broken news report. Uh, today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Kids across America are going to school hungry. Millions of kids every day. But one simple thing can help change all of this for a hungry child in America. Good, healthy food and the energy it brings. With help from caring people across America, No Kid Hungry is providing healthy meals and hope to hungry kids so they can build better futures. To learn more about ending child hunger in America, go to helpnokidhungry.org today. This message provided by WFIN. Time now for your daily download. The numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Uh, They say that Christmas is for kids, and as a child, growing up and having the freedom to do what you want uh, seems so wonderful. And yet, if time travel were possible, two two out of three Americans say that they would transform uh, transport themselves back to their childhood. We we romanticize this. Two out of three, 64% of Americans, according to a recent poll of 2,000 parents of children between the ages of 5 and 18, they asked them to reflect on their own childhood. 64% say that if they could, they would transport themselves back to their childhood. Uh, When it comes to what we miss most about being a kid, that's what they asked. What do you miss most about being a kid? Above all, Not surprisingly, number one, 67% say not having any responsibilities. That's the number one thing. Yeah. Being stress-free, 57% of us said being stress-free. Again, I think we're romanticizing this a little bit because uh, kids can get stressed. I mean, we certainly saw that during the pandemic and, and so on. But I think as adults, we reflect on our own stress and say we didn't have these stresses, so when we were kids, we must not have had any stress. We tend to romanticize that a little bit, but that's what 57% said. Over half miss their childhood friends. 53% say they miss their friends the most. 52% say they miss family gatherings when they were a kid. And that's probably has to do, and I know for me personally, It is having to do with the number of loved ones that we have lost in the intervening years. My parents are both gone. My grandparents are all gone. And those family gatherings, especially around Christmas time, uh, I remember very fondly would love to go back uh, to those. 52% said celebrating the holidays, what they miss most. And I think, again, that goes back to family gatherings, kind of 52% on each Uh, in that. What brings these parents back to their child? What brings you back to your childhood? The top three activities for those in the survey said watching their favorite childhood movies and TV shows take them back. 65%. So you want to relive your youth, kind of transport your, your mind back, watch an old movie or TV show that you used to enjoy as a kid. 51% said getting together for the holidays. And uh, 48% said 
hearing certain sounds like the jingle of an ice cream truck, which you're not likely to hear today, but when you hear that in the summertime, it takes you instantly back to your childhood. You know, I was just thinking that, again, we were saying recipes today specifically for your New Year's celebration, but uh, since you're stuck inside today, you could do them today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Why not? Why not? Do you believe they're saying in the extended forecast a week from now, we get to New Year's, we're talking about temperatures in the 50s. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And mind you, it's with the wind chill... 30 below zero right now, and we're going to be in the mid-50s. That's uh, an 85, roughly 85-degree temperature swing in a week. Wow. <laughs> I didn't think about that. If it would have uh, just stayed 50 and then gone up another, then we'd be in the <laughs> 80s. Hey, perfect for me. <laughs> That's what I like. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, but uh, my wife, Kyra, has joined us in the uh, studio this morning with a, a collection of recipes from Kyra's Kitchen again. Uh, for your New Year's celebration. Yes. Um, because this is the last time we'll be here this yep. year before yep. New Year's going to be and taken we, we, next week most off. Most of the time we do like a Christmas one about this time. And yeah. I was like, nah, I'm going to do New Year's. New Year's. Yeah. Uh, sure. Because by now you probably have your Christmas oh, yeah. menu planned. Yep. So here's some stuff for uh, New Year's. And we start with uh, slow cooker meatball pineapple smokies. Yes. So hmm. so 12 ounces of your orange marmalade um, preserves. One and a half cups of barbecue sauce, 32 ounces of frozen beef uh, meatballs, or you can make your own homemade ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I made my own homemade ones, and uh, they're in the freezer right now waiting for this uh, yummy, recipe. Yummy, yummy, yummy. One package of mini beef smoky hot dogs or the sausages, mm-hmm. uh, 20-ounce pineapple chunks drained. So mix the marmalade, the barbecue sauce together in the slow cooker. Add your meatballs and your smokies. Stir that all well to coat everything. Mm-hmm. Then cook on high for two to three hours. Um, then um, st- uh, stir in your pineapple chunks um, about 20 minutes before you're ready to serve. Okay. And then yeah, you don't want to sit, put those in too early. No, you don't want to put those in at the beginning. Yeah. So pretty much uh, wait your 20 minutes, let those warm up a little bit, and then there you go. Mm, yummy. It sounds like kind of a, a sweet and sour thing yeah. going on. Yeah. Uh, but with, um, well, depending on what kind of barbecue, barbecue, barbecue sauce, sauce you use, might uh, actually add a little kick with yeah. the sweet. So. Yep. Yep. Great. Uh, that is a great New Year's uh, recipe. Yeah. Slow cooker meatball pineapple smokies. And uh, also have uh, baked cheddar olives with Parmesan dipping sauce. Yes. So I made this. <laughs> this sounds like something, sounds like something really fancy. Yeah. But, it's, uh, they're really good. Um, so I made these uh, for my mom's birthday and uh, every, they were a hit. Um, so one cup of grated sharp cheddar, three tablespoons of unsalted butter, butter softened, half a cup of flour, one eighth teaspoon of cayenne pepper. Um, three, Again, a little bit of a kick there. Yeah, a little bit of a kick. Um, three ounce jar of your spa, small pimento stuffed green olives. Make sure they're pitted. <laughs> I did not do that. <laughs> the one thing that yes. you did wrong. The one thing I did wrong. I was like, really? I got these nice fancy olives and yeah. So make sure they're pitted. pitted. Yes. Yeah. And then one to two table. 
tablespoons of water if needed. Uh, and then your dipping so- uh, sauce is a half a cup of mayonnaise, a quarter cup of grated Parmesan cheese, and two teaspoons of Dijon mustard. So uh, spray a baking sheet with uh, cooking spray. Preheat your oven to 400 degrees. In a medium bowl, in a medium bowl, mix together your cheese and your butter. Uh, add the flour and the cayenne. Uh, blend the dough until it is combined. It is going to be kind of um, uh, shaggy, separated a little bit. Um, okay. So, um, but sometimes with the cheese, it may may not be depending on what kind of cheese you pick. So, okay. but if it is, add a little bit of water just to make it doughy. Then uh, put make a one inch uh, little balls, flatten them, put your uh, uh, olive in there, may, and then uh, kind of wrap it around and uh, use your hands, kind of get all of it sealed back up. Put it on a cookie sheet about an inch apart for each one of them. Repeat that until they're all done. Uh, then once they're done, bake 14 to 16 minutes until lightly golden. Uh, then in a small bowl, combine your sauce ingredients and everything's ready to go and, and you, you can go. and enjoy them. They're the really good. They baked, really are. Baked cheddar I'm not a big olives. olive. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a big olive person, but I love these. Okay, so baked cheddar olives with Parmesan dipping sauce. Yes. And then uh, bugle snack mix. You're yes. on this bugle kick. I know kick. I'm on a bugle kick for some odd reason. So one bag, uh, seven, and ha- seven and a half ounce of your bugles, two cups of rice check cereal, two cups of mini pretzel balls or any type of pretzels. Mm-hmm. I just, we like the pretzel balls. Yeah. Uh, one and a half cups of cashews, one cup of brown sugar, half a cup of butter, which is a stick of butter, uh, half a cup of light brown sugar, packed, uh, or I'm sorry, the sugar is a cup of sugar, brown sugar, and that's packed. Mm-hmm. Then a half a cup of light corn syrup and one cup of mini M&Ms. Um, so in a large bowl, mix together your bugles, your checks, mix your pretzels and your cashews, your check cereal, and then in a small saucepan over medium heat, uh, melt your butter, uh, add your sugar and your corn syrup, and uh, keep stirring that along to uh, help it uh, get all incorporated Uh, Then once it comes to a boil, um, let it boil for about four minutes without stirring. Okay. Uh, Then remove from the heat, uh, pour the butter mixture over the top of your bugle mixture, uh, toss to coat, uh, place in a large roasting pan. Um, or if you don't have a roasted pan, you'll probably have to use a couple of aluminum, uh, like cookie sheets or pans. Um, but I use my roasting pan and it's perfect. Okay. Um, and then preheat your oven to 350 degrees, uh, and, um, and then put that in the oven, um, take for about eight minutes, remove from the oven, stir, then, uh, put it back in the oven and, uh, bake it for about another eight minutes, then pour the content onto your parchment paper or your Mm -hmm. wax paper, let it cool, break it up, and then add your M&Ms and then store in an airtight container. Mm. That is good stuff. Yes. And it keeps. It says it, it keeps does. for about a week, yeah. uh, which means you could make it for you Christmas, can, yep. and then you could have what's yep. left over for, for New, New Year's. Year's because yep. it's a good Christmas Or you uh, could make it now too. while you're making all your other stuff, yeah. and then just put it away, today. and, and sure. you're good to go. Again, would be a great thing to uh, do today yes. uh, on a cold day where you're uh, stuck inside and hunkered down. Uh, the slow cooker meatball pineapple smokies, the baked cheddar olives with Parmesan dipping sauce, and the bugles snack mix recipes. 
recipes are all posted on the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page yep. at Kyra's Kitchen WFIN on Facebook. So like the uh, page yep. and get all of those uh, recipes and we'll link them up uh, on the uh, WFIN Facebook page as well. I'll also have the link at goodmornings.net. My wife, Kyra, thanks very much. Yep. Merry Christmas, everybody. And a happy new year. And that will wrap up our podcast for today and wrap up the year. We're going to take the week off next week to celebrate the Christmas and New Year's holidays. So remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on our program at our webpage at goodmornings.net. And you can catch up on anything that you may have missed for the entire year 2022 uh, there at the uh, website as well. So... Uh, you can take next week while while we're off or no new podcasts and catch up uh, on the entire year. So when we get back at it in 2023, you'll be all caught up and ready to go, right? So until Tuesday, January 3rd, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day, a great holiday, a happy new year, and we'll see you in 2023.